This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. And we are off on this Thursday edition. The Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you along with us. I'm Michael Jenkins. My partner in crime, of course, is Chelsea Messenger. Coming up, some huge quarterback news across the board in the NFL. We will get to that. Then more good stuff at 620. Thursday night football between the Jets and the fighting Joe Flacco's. More from college football. Bowl season comes your way at 640, including the Pop-Tarts Bowl from Orlando. I know Chelsea's Jack about that her wolf pack are playing in that game then during the seven o'clock hour we check out nfl futures followed by this week's show parlay and finally at eight o'clock picks and leans for today's schedule in the nba an early look at the semifinals of the college football playoff and a visit from the donkster at 8 45 chelsea good morning i'm sure you were up early you had a hard time sleeping last night it's pop tarts bowl game day there in the messenger household, how you holding up? You got to be anxious and excited. Oh, yes, because you know I'm always positive to the brim when it comes to <sighs> NC State athletics. Yes. I have never said anything negative about my Wolfpack, and I will continue that today. Just kidding. I will caution <clears throat> you because I have seen mm. a ton of people on NC State in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. They're getting two and a half points. But let me tell you something. When everybody expects NC State to do good things, that's when they're mm-hmm. at their worst. They are only good when you count them out. It almost feels like they're the Pittsburgh Steelers of college football. Like, you know, occasionally they'll come around and upset like this big team and everybody's like, whoa, where'd that come from? And then the next week they're like, oh, yeah, this team's good. They've got a good quarterback. No, they don't. They won't even cover against Virginia. So uh, word to the wise, be careful trusting my NC State Wolfpack. It's so strange the how paradoxical our views of our respective college teams are because I talk about Texas ad nauseum. I make people sick talking about the Longhorns. I don't shut up about Texas, and I know it, and I can't help myself. I'm an addict. And then when I ask you about NC State, uh, man, it's like you've been in the gutter for years just hoping for a dub, hoping for anything. I know you love your school. I just feel like you've been let down so many times that it's weighed on you. Well, yeah, Jenks, one of our teams is in the college football playoff. The other one is in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. What do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> Pop-Tarts are awesome. Come on. 
I'm not getting any pop tarts. Oh, I get a, a beignet in New Orleans. That's not a pop tart. Come on. I feel like that gives you the edge. You get a chance to play for a college football national championship. I don't True. want to hear it. So okay. NC State's just one of those schools that it's like in the NFL when a team is just constantly nine and eight, eight and nine. Right. Seven and nine. Like, we're just constantly middling, <laughs> even when we right. have had great quarterbacks. And that's the thing about NC State. We have had a great crop of quarterbacks come out of our program, like the one that we're going to be talking about in just a few minutes, Russell Wilson. Uh, mm -hmm. Not a great day for us, uh, benched by the Denver Broncos, but still an NC State alum. And guess where our bowl game was played when he was there? In Orlando as well. For the love of God, can we stop sending NC State to bowl games in Orlando. I don't want to go there. It is not the happiest place on earth. It is a tourist trap. Uh, so yes, uh, the the life and times of an NC State fan. We have had some good talent come out of our program, mm -hmm. but yet we can't string it together enough to be more than just a middling ACC team. Well, let me tell you something. I'm going to get you so pumped for Wolfpack football coming up when we talk <laughs> college football, which is just in about 40 minutes until we get to that point. You should be excited because, Chelsea, you got a dub yesterday. Yeah, I had Oklahoma State minus three against Texas A&M. I think a lot of this was motivationally based and saying, okay, Texas A&M mm -hmm. was supposed to have a good season, and then Jimbo Fisher is fired. You're on the hook still for a bunch of money, and it's just been a really disappointing season. Oklahoma State, we knew, was up for this game. Uh, as soon as Ollie Gordon said he was going to return to Oklahoma State, I feel like that was a big boon for the Cowboys. But also in this game, I'm not going to say that we got lucky, but in the first quarter, the starting quarterback went down with a very gruesome arm injury. And, like, it was yeah. not fun to watch. So the quarterback that came in behind him wasn't bad. But I will say that went in our credit of uh, taking Oklahoma State there. So I'll take the win, but it does suck seeing that quarterback go down. I agree with that. You never want to see a young kid or any athlete suffer an injury like that. So you don't want to win a bet that way. But it did come home. I was on Oklahoma State on the money line. That was a winner for me as well. Nice to get a win on the ice. It was about time. I had cracking at the Flames under six and a half. I also liked it at six. And that was an easy winner as Seattle wins two to one. Tough night for the Donkster. Had Tulane plus 10.5 against Virginia Tech, which I like that bet. But the Hokies went 41-20. That was a loss. Donkster also went against our squad play. Had AM plus 3 against the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. And, of course, Oklahoma State wins it. So, for the week, short week for us, you're 1-0. I'm 2-0. And the Donkster is 1-3. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Thursday. And we have a ton of NFL news to talk about, starting with just this, this quarterback benching that is going on across the league, starting with Russell Wilson, who will be benched for the Broncos for the final two games of the season for Jarrett Stidham. It looks like he is on his way out. And this is definitely a financial decision. Sean Payton came out yesterday and said, this is not a financial decision. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You have like a 1.7% chance of making the playoffs. If Russell Wilson is on the roster come March 17th, then he is guaranteed for 2025 
$37 million. And oh, by the way, if he gets injured in the final two games of this season, that money is guaranteed for injury. So they've got to find a way. They're going to lose a ton of money no matter what here. They've got to mitigate their loss. I, I, I think ultimately, Chelsea, it's pretty clear that Sean Payton has tried the Russell Wilson experiment. He didn't like it. It's not working out. And now we're going to see the Broncos move on from him in the offseason. I think this is more than just financially based. Don't you think there is some kind of clashing between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? Because so far, the numbers have actually been pretty decent for Russell Wilson this year. Are they worth $37 million guaranteed next year? Maybe mm-hmm. not. Uh, he's been pretty conservative, but still, it has been enough to at least make this team watchable, which is way more than we could say for Russell Wilson last year. But we have seen some of the interactions between Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, and some of them have not looked good. Even from day one, weren't there reports of Sean Payton saying, okay, Russell Wilson, you're not having your own office anymore. You need to be down with the team. And it just feels Mm -hmm. like it has been a marriage that has been kind of strained from the start. So this feels to me as if Sean Payton is saying, hey, I don't want him as our quarterback moving forward. And yes, the numbers are what they may be. Of course, you don't want to pay that quarterback that much money, but still, they're going to be on the hook for some money, no matter what. So more to me, it feels like Sean Payton did not want Russell Wilson as his quarterback moving forward. He doesn't. He absolutely doesn't. And so I think, you know, there is something to be said for, hey, let's see what we have in Jarrett Stedham here in the final two games of the season, but I don't think it matters. If if Jared Stidham goes out and just and just absolutely loses his mind and is great, awesome. They still move on. So if he goes out and he's terrible, they still move on. I think ultimately, yeah, we'll see what we have in Jared Stidham so we can figure out what we're going to do at this position moving forward. But I, I don't think regardless uh, of what happens here, that there's any scenario in which the Broncos hang on to Russ. And to your point, yeah, Russell Wilson's numbers have been pretty good this season. They haven't been bad. He has improved, but certainly not to the point where Sean Payton is pleased. When you see Sean Payton just absolutely eviscerating and yelling and just going off on Russell Wilson on the sideline, which we saw last week, then you know, okay, there's much more going on here, and I think they're done with the guy. They've given him a chance. They brought in a new head coach. It hasn't worked, and they're going to have to just take the L here. Well, also, I think he's not playing, not anything to do with Jared Sidham. I think it's because they don't want him to get hurt and them have to pay him. So they're not yeah. even taking that risk. I don't think it matters who their backup quarterback is. I don't think this has anything to do with Jared Sidham. I think it has everything to do with the fact that if Russell Wilson gets hurt in a game – all of those injury guarantees come to the surface. But it just, I think this was a bit of a shock. Like, did this not shock you when you saw this headline? Because this season, Russell Wilson, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions, which is a lot better than what we saw last year. 16 Mm -hmm. touchdowns, 11 picks. Yeah, that was in the dumpster. At least this team still has a chance at making the postseason. Like, I think that's the craziest part is, It is a small chance. I think it's 8% that they make the postseason. But still, when you make this kind of move, when you still have the playoffs on the horizon, Mm -hmm. like far on the horizon, but still, I think that is the shocking part as well. 
Yeah, I I just think he was going to go no matter what because it's relative to expectation, right? If you look at his numbers, no, those numbers are not bad. No question about it. But ultimately, they made this monster move with the Seahawks. The Seahawks have four guys in that Russell Wilson trade that are starting right now. They've got four starters on their roster. And then you've got a quarterback that was supposed to be all world for you. And you're making excuses like, well, his numbers aren't too bad. And they're not. But you were trading for a superstar. And what you got was a maybe slightly above average quarterback in the NFL. More quarterback news, Chelsea. In the Meadowlands, Tommy DeVito has been benched in favor of Tyrod Taylor. DeVito was ineffective last week against the Eagles. Tyrod Taylor came in, immediately gave a boost to that Giants offense. So it will be interesting to see what happens with DeVito during the offseason. Started six games. Giants went three and three. In six starts, DeVito had six touchdowns, one pick. So I don't necessarily think his time with the Giants is over. Tyrod Taylor will be a free agent at the end of the season. I think his time as a starter with the Giants is over. But remember, they have Danny Dimes, but the Tommy DeVito craze, I think, is slowly going to wind down, and then he'll go back to being this very popular backup. Yeah, this was less of a shock. Uh, when Russell mm-hmm. Wilson gets benched and the whole locker room says that they're surprised, that's one thing. But Tommy DeVito was a great story, but I don't think anybody mm-hmm. saw him being the future face of the franchise for the New York Giants. And here's the thing about the NFL that... I think especially this time of year is very relevant. Quarterbacks get Mm -hmm. hurt all the time. So even if a quarterback is on the roster as a number two, there's a good chance that we'll see him again. Like, look at how many backup quarterbacks we've been talking about over the past few weeks. It's just that time of year. So I think that we have not seen the last of Tommy Cutlets. I do think we see him again. It's just... I don't think anybody expected him to like be the starter moving forward and sign him to a big deal, especially after the disaster that was Daniel Jones. I think teams, well, we say this every time, teams should think long and hard before signing these guys to mega million dollar deals, and then they continue to do it. But it's the most important position on the field for a reason. So if you find something, I guess you got to cling tightly to it. It's almost like dating in the age of like swiping left or whatever this is. It feels like when people find a catch, they're like, oh God, I better hold her dear. That's what it's like finding a quarterback in the NFL. No, you're right because quarterbacks are so difficult to find. It's the most difficult position on the planet. And we have a very good top tier of quarterbacks. There's a lesser tier and then there's just a massive drop off. So when you find one guy who could be the guy, you got to give him a run because you just never know. And it's so difficult to play that position. And to that end, we're seeing the same thing here in D.C. Sam Howell benched for Jacoby Brissett yesterday. Ron Rivera making that announcement at his morning press conference. And his explanation was interesting, Chelsea, in that Sam Howell has been beat up a lot this season. He has taken sack after sack after sack. He's mentally exhausted. He's physically beat up. And so Ron Rivera didn't say, okay, we're moving on from Sam Howell. But he did say this kid needs a break from the NFL. So who knows what that means moving forward? No, that doesn't sound great. This kid needs a break from the NFL. Uh, He needs a break from being sacked. And here's the thing. It's not all on the offensive line, I think. Like, the offensive line is really bad, but do you think some of these sacks are on him? I think he kind of holds on to the ball for a while. 
Yes, the offensive line for the Commanders is not great, but also Sam has made some poor decisions, and he self-sacks a lot or doesn't throw the ball away when he should. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, he does. He'll just <laughs> goes down, you know, when he feels the pressure. And when he was at North Carolina, this was a problem. He held onto the football a long time, more than most quarterbacks do in college football. So when that translates to the NFL, it does not translate well. So that's when he feels pressure. He's like, <laughs> down. And be interested to see what the commanders do in the draft. Coming up next, Joe Flacco continues to creep up the board to win comeback player of the year, but the Jets stand in his way tonight. Thursday night football next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. I see Double D is on a, what is this, like an 80s disco-esque sort of track, Double D? Funk. Funk? Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm looking for. This early. What is this? Country music? Modern day country? No idea what I'm talking about. Double D, you feeling better? Double D is not on camera today. I don't know if he's even going to pop in. He's been under the weather. Everyone's sick. I've been sick for a week. I can't get to 100%. The lovely Catherine is sick. I didn't sleep well because she's been coughing all night. Chelsea, we got to get right. We're going to New Orleans on Saturday. I'm probably at like 85%. I'm all right. I'm not a walking contagion. I just need to get my energy back. But Catherine was chugging Theraflu last night and taking NyQuil. That's not a good sign. Not a good sign at all. But I will say this. If she's not feeling well, we'll figure it out. But if there's anyone who can power through, it is the lovely Catherine. The first week we dated we went out on four dates in the first week like we liked each other immediately and like <laughs> the fourth date that week i was introducing her to some friends of mine god we just moved so quickly because we were just like into each other but she had like like maybe like a touch of strep throat or close to it and she was like i'm going on this date and she went to cvs and she got like shots and she was taking medicine and she was like all hopped up on all sorts of stuff. And by God, she made it. And everyone had a great time and no one got sick. So this is playoff time, Chelsea. These are the sacrifices you have to make in big time situations. So what is the one time maybe where you were at NC State, you were working and you were really sick? Because I think we've all been there and you had to just find a way to power through no matter how sick you were because you you had to work or you had to get something done? Hmm. I think my most uh, memorable example when I got trucked on the sidelines at a Miami and Florida State game, and at halftime, yes. I was, like, bruised up. And they were like, do you need to go to the hospital? Mm -hmm. And my news director was calling me and say, okay, well, you can send in two packages instead of three. I was like, you don't want to worry about my health or how I'm feeling when literally a national TV audience just saw me got taken out by a Florida State secondary member. And like, here be it. Like, I'm not a small girl, 
But when a Florida State defender has on pads, a helmet, and they're going full speed, it did not feel good. So I had to wear it throughout the rest of that game, and I had to send my stand-ups. I had to send uh, send my packages. But I think the embarrassment was actually worse than, like, the actual pain. Because every time somebody look over, like, better watch out. I'm like, I know. (laughs) I know. Oh, God. (laughs) God. Yeah, thanks for that. I only heard that joke like 10 times tonight. Thanks for that. Ooh, better watch out, better watch out. I'm trying to think of a time when that happened to me. One time, well, that wasn't really work. That was just me. Like, I was playing in a flag football game, and I snapped my <laughs> collarbone, and I kept playing because my boy Kenny was like, you're a warrior, you're a warrior. And I was like, yeah, I'm a warrior. Flag football. I'm making one-handed oh, catches no. and just, like, crushing my shoulder. It was so stupid. So, so stupid. What else? I'm trying to think if there was another time where I just plowed through and I was so, so sick. A couple times at work, because I've done that. Because sickness are, aren't like super memorable. Because I think a lot of people do that. Like a lot of people yeah. will work through a cold. A lot of people will work yeah. through some kind of sickness like that. Like we've all done it. I know they tell you not go to, not to go to work sick, but here's my personal, I'm not going to say brand, but like opinion on being sick. I feel like if okay. you have cold, you can power through it, right? Like if it's just a cold, if it's the flu, oh, yeah. maybe not. But I know people who will miss work for anything. Like I think I've told you about this girl I used to work with in Fort Myers who was sick all the time. Yeah. And if she even had the sniffles, boy, was she not working. So <laughs> do you believe in powering through at least a, a little bit when it comes to just working through a cold? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, cold is, that's nothing. I'm not going to call in sick because of a cold. If I'm sick, like I generally, I have like a migraine or like I, I'm really having a tough time with a cold or a flu or something like that. Maybe it's COVID. I haven't had COVID forever, thank God. But yeah, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to not going to work because I have a cough, cold, whatever. No. Although I will say, I'll tell you the most sensitive, the most insensitive thing I've ever seen as far as someone being sick. When I was in Texas, my freshman year, and it was hard for me when I first got to Austin because my first class was bigger than my whole high school. Like my first class was in a huge auditorium because Texas has so many students. And there was a guy giving a lecture and I was sort of about midway through the auditorium in one of the seats. And there was a girl on the other side of the auditorium that started having a seizure. Oh. And yeah. And so literally... The EMT people come in, they wheel in a gurney, and the professor keeps going. 
Oh, just my God. keeps lecturing. And then I swear to God, and everybody's looking around like, dude, <laughs> they're putting a student on a gurney. And I swear to God, he goes, he goes, he looks down and he's 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 up above on a stage in front of a dais or a, a lectern. So he's looking down. He can clearly see what's going on. And he goes, is there a problem here? Uh, let me make this this one final point. And we're just like, and I remember my <laughs> buddy Mike D next to me yells from the back, you suck. And I was like, oh, this is all just turning into an absolute mess. But I could not believe that he didn't pause class because she didn't have a cold. The EMT people were there. It was crazy. So what was his final point? Does anybody remember? I what was so no life-changing that you needed to hear about it? I will say that's what college professors do. They think whatever they're teaching is the most important subject on planet Earth. And I had, you know, when I'm sitting in, you know, business finance or like imaginary numbers algebra, where I'm like sitting in the back, you know, taking my nap. You're like, what's so important that you need to nap, Miss Messenger? I'm like, I've got practice later. <laughs> I'm never going to use these imaginary numbers ever in my life. So you go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to stay back here and nap. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's talk about real numbers. How about that? Because we Let's got him tonight it. in Thursday Night Football. Let's do it. Jets at the Browns. Browns. Lang seven and a half. The Browns are minus three fifty on the money line. The Jets are plus two sixty at BetMGM. Send me my robe. Total set at thirty four and a half. The spread has gone up from Browns minus seven. The total has ticked down another two points from thirty six and a half. We have another total sitting at thirty four and a hook. Good God, where are you going here, Chelsea? I happen to like the Browns at seven. I'm not crazy about Browns minus seven and a half, particularly when you're talking about a total this low, but I'm having a hard time making a case for the Jets. What about you? Yeah, this game feels almost unplayable at this number because when mm -hmm. you go into it, you say, okay, the Browns are in a good spot right now. Uh, Joe Flacco is performing at a high level, but you also have to, the matchup was way different last week going against a Houston Texans secondary that was giving up the third or fourth most passing yards per game. Not the same deal when facing the Jets. The Jets have given up the fewest fantasy football points to opposing quarterbacks. A really tough matchup, especially in the secondary with Sauce Gardner. So I don't expect Amari Cooper to have another game where he goes for, you know, 250 yards. But this has been mm -hmm. a spot where Cleveland has been very good at home and as favorites so far this season, seven and one at home. And the only two losses they have as favorites have come on the road or even against the spread. Cause some of those were wins. They just didn't cover as favorites. So usually when Cleveland is favored and usually when they are at home, they are the play, but at seven, it feels a little rich for a team that do you expect any regression from Joe Flacco here? Cause he is a veteran. I think he knows what he's doing, but still, I think it's a little much to expect to see what we've seen over the past couple of weeks, because just number one, the matchup's a lot harder. What do you expect from Joe Flacco tonight? Oh, I'm all over the Joe Flacco train. I love this story. Elite. He is a real elite. Is Joe? Yes. The answer is yes. I, I love this story. I love that Joe Flacco was just kind of hanging around with the Jets last year. 
you know, looked okay. And here he is. How old is Joe Flacco now? 52? 38? What is it? 48. He's old. 48? <laughs> no. <laughs> 108? Who cares? This guy's an old, he's a vet. Former Super Bowl MVP. And I love the fact that he still believes he can play the game. He's proven that. And his total right now for passing yards is set at 233 and a hook. That is up from yesterday when I bet it at 230 and a hook. Joe Flacco is 38 years old. And since he jumped into the starting lineup for the Browns, the Browns are now a passing team, which is crazy to me. But I love it. I'm an old man. So what do I do now? I cheer for other old men, even though I'm the oldest man. So when I see Joe Flacco, who's like, I can still play this game. I can still play this game. And if the Browns win tonight, guess what? The Browns are in the playoffs. And guess who'll be leading said Browns? Mr. Elite Joe Flacco. I'm going over 233 and a half passing yards for the old man. Let's win one for the AARP crowd, Joe. You can do it. Uh, I would agree with you because I do think the opportunity will be there. Like we have seen the Browns turn into a passing team. But I will mm -hmm. say, if you have some semblance of discipline, this is not the time to bat a, uh, bet on any kind of passing props against this Jets defense. Like I said, this has been one of the toughest matchups for opposing wide receivers. You look at the Jets and you look at fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. They are the hardest matchup in the league. And this is the question I would have for Joe Flacco. When you start mm -hmm. to get some pressure on somebody who has been referred to as a statue in the pocket, that's when I think mm -hmm. problems could possibly arise for Joe Flacco. Because, you know, there is one play in this game when it comes to player props that looks almost too easy, but I feel like that's usually a red flag. It goes, you know, kind of yeah. hand in hand with the quarterback passing prop. But look at Amari Cooper last week. Had over 250 yards of receiving. So if you look at the passing, or excuse me, the receiving props in this game, I think he's at like 58 or something. It seems comically low, but again, yeah. this is the toughest matchup on paper. So maybe if you want to bet on those, you wait, you know, another week. But still, it is very tempting just because he's going to get the targets. Yeah, and what I think is when you talk about that Jets defense, and the Jets defense is very good. There's no question about that. But I think the Jets offense is going to have such a hard time moving the ball. Oh, the Jets look so good against the commanders. Let me tell you something. Every offense ever looks great against the commander's defense. They cannot stop anyone. So you go from arguably the worst defense in the league in the commanders to one of the best in the Browns. All of a sudden, any effectiveness that we saw from the Jets last week is going to come to an end in a big way. And also they're playing in Cleveland. So I think the Browns defense will get so many stops that Cleveland will have plenty of opportunities on offense to cover this number and also for Joe Flacco to hit his passing prop. So I I would play Browns at seven. I don't like seven and a half. I hate those numbers that are right there just over those key numbers. But I do feel like the Browns are the right side. And one thing we should also mention, in their last four games, the Jets on the road have not scored more than 14 points once. They are really bad away from home. 
Yeah, uh, I would like to look at one prop on the Jets side of the ball just because I do think it is a smart move to start with the losing side and say, okay, well, if they're going to be playing yeah. from behind, you look at the receiving game. I would be looking at Brees Hall over 29 and a half receiving mm -hmm. yards. When you play good defenses, I think the play is these receiving running backs because the quarterbacks kind of panic. They dump it to the running back. And Brees Hall happens to be one of the better receiving running backs in the NFL, coming out the game where he had 16 targets, he has been targeted like a wide receiver. So the fact that we're getting a 29 and a half on him, I think that would be the play if you're looking at the Jets side of the ball. I'm a little mm -hmm. nervous to trust anybody that who was playing quarterback for the New York Jets, so I don't know if it's going to make the card for me. But I do think if there were a Jets prop to be made, it would be on Brees Hall and his receiving yards. I like that. Also, I'm looking at the – I'm trying to find the odds for comeback player of the year. And I think DeMar Hamlin is going to win it for obvious reasons. But I'll tell you something. With the way that Joe Flacco is playing right now, there is a chance he could catch Hamlin. Right now, DeMar Hamlin is minus 300. Joe Flacco is 3-1. to one. So, yes, I understand DeMar Hamlin's situation. I don't mean to be insensitive to that at all. But those odds keep shortening for Joe Flacco. And from a numbers perspective, if he wins tonight, takes his team to the playoffs, there's a chance he could win it. Coming up next here on the show, bowl season rolls on. And finally, we get to talk about Chelsea's NC State Wolfpack in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. It's on the Daily Chipper Beck UL presented by BetMGM. When we come back. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Back to the show. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Coming up, will the Wolfpack or Wildcats get to feast on the Pop-Tart mascot in Orlando? Chelsea, you were saying this during the break, and I can absolutely relate, which is when you talk so much about sports betting and sports, and I certainly do, you do as well, there are times when you need a break. So you have to share, because this happened to me yesterday, where you're at the table and your dad, what was the website he wanted to talk about? Because I love the fact that he was on this site. <laughs> well, Tankathon. Tankathon is the website, and it has been the hot topic in our household. Because I am mm -hmm. a Titans fan, my dad is a Titans fan, and my husband is a Panthers fan. So this is all we have going for us right now. Especially my poor husband, who is a fan of the Carolina Panthers, the Charlotte Hornets, and oh. for the love of God, NC State, can we do something today to pull us out Holy of the depths crap. of depression for his poor fan base? Because we need something around here other yeah. than just tankathon and the constant updates. But I will say, uh, it was nice to see my Titans slide up. I think they're for the mm -hmm. fifth pick right now which is actually a pretty solid pick. I don't think a lot of people have been talking about the Titans getting a pretty high draft pick. So I think that is actually reassuring and more proof that we do not need to win games moving forward. 
So maybe that is the little, you know, sliver of good news on the horizon for Titans fans or any fans of a franchise that is not doing well, with the exception of the Panthers, because those idiots traded away all of their picks for the Bears. Um, so, I, like, what do I tell my husband, like, to make him feel better? Like, there's no hope. And I'm like, because uh. normally you're like, oh, you get a high draft pick. Just kidding. The Bears have it. Like, I got nothing. I got nothing. That's brutal. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I get it because I'm a Commanders fan. I'm a Wizards fan. I'm a Longhorns fan. Now, Texas has done great this year, but before this year, it was wandering in the desert. And there's nothing worse than thinking, okay, this is the year. Okay, this is the year. Okay, this is the year. And then every year, just a kick between the legs, right in the groin. Every year, you're like, oh, this is not the year. And then it happens early. You don't even get like a few weeks of hope. That's the worst. It's like the first game or two of the season. Like you can already tell, oh, this is going to go poorly for us. I don't know how people do it. I don't know. I will say this. I'm still riding high on the Nats winning the World Series and the Capitals winning the Stanley Cup. But that was now, you know, time has passed. That was five years ago. So oh, I basically have five years ago since you know what, Chelsea? No, no, no. I feel like if your team wins a title in your lifetime, like that should be something to hang your hat on. Because you know who's never won a title in my lifetime? It's more than a lot of people. I guess. Tennessee Titans have won a title? No. You think the NC State Wolfpack have won a title in football? No. But we did win one before my time. And that is the one hope I cling to. And they're like, oh, GMEV. And you're like, hell yeah. It was before I was born, but still, that is the one thing that you can say, okay, I'm an NC State fan. So I think one title in your lifetime, I think that's better than most fan bases have it. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, know I don't think I'm, I'm wrong. I on this or not. I don't think so. I think if you – I here's what I think. I If you're talking about a singular fan base, maybe, but – most sports fans have enough teams that they cheer for. I think they get at least a title or two. They're hard, Jenks. They I'm not saying they're not. Out. I know they don't, <laughs> but I'm I'm saying okay, let's say you're a fan in Texas, right? Let's just throw out okay, the Cowboys haven't won in forever, but if you were born in I don't know, the 80s or something, then and you're an you're a you Cowboys a fan. Okay, you maybe the the Astros won a couple titles. The Rangers finally got one. So depending on how old you are, you've gotten something. I would think in this lifetime, the Mavericks have one. Mavericks have one. There's another one. That's I guess Texas. it depends. Like that's a big state. Like think well, about I know, other but, fan bases. But also, fans don't necessarily don't necessarily cheer. That's why the Yankees are so popular. Duke is so popular. Texas is so popular or, you know, Alabama is so popular because people like to align themselves with winners. Like my dad, I've told this story before. <laughs> no one loves a winner like my dad. And I got a text from him a few years ago saying, Steph's always been my guy. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. Steph went to Davidson. You live in Breckenridge, Texas. Steph Curry has never been your guy, but 
He wanted to follow a winner, so he jumped on the bandwagon. So I think fans take on different teams from all over because they want to feel like they are part of something and they want to cheer for a winner. So I don't know. I'm sure there are people and they haven't experienced any sort of success as far as a title and their fandom is concerned. But I feel like most fans have enough teams where they get at least one or two. Because I think there is difference a difference between experiencing success and winning a championship. Yeah. Look at the Buffalo Bills. You know, they have been good a lot. Yeah. They've been to a lot of Super Bowls, but you know, it hasn't resulted in championships. And I think that's why people do dabble in, you know, uh picking up bandwagon teams because you do want to yeah. feel good. But I don't want to do that. Like, I would rather sit here and be miserable about my team and a team Mm -hmm. that I went to that very school and I, you know, played a sport for them than, you know, say, oh, well, I'm going to pick up Duke basketball and say, you know, I'm a Duke fan. Like, it feels (laughs) cheap because, you know what, the one day when NC State is finally good at something, I can say I have been here all along. So I respect people from fan bases that have been there for the long haul. Uh, People from Cleveland. You know, it has not been an easy stretch to be a Cleveland sports fan, but damn it, when they're good, those fans deserve every bit of that success. I agree. I I totally agree with you there. The fans that stick with their teams through thick and thin get rewarded when they finally come home and get that title. So I think we're sort of saying the same thing in some ways, but I to your point, it just depends on, you know, which teams you'd love to root for. You Love to root for the NC State Wolfpack. So we can talk about any of these bowls on the schedule today, but let's begin with what I think is the marquee game on the schedule. The Pop-Tarts Bowl, Camping World Stadium, Orlando, Florida, 5.45 p.m. in the afternoon. I believe one of the strip club capitals of the world. You can celebrate later, my friends, because this afternoon, it's NC State taking on K-State, and the Wildcats are laying two and a half points. They are minus 145 on the money line. NC State is plus 120. Total set at 47 and a hook. Chelsea, you were just talking about being an NC State fan. I know this is not the national title, but how many times can you say, yeah, I got a ring, and this ring says pop-tarts bowl champion on it are the wolf pack going to come through tonight well i don't think they're probably going to bring oh my oh for the first time on this show we are playing the nc state fight song instead of texas whatever their fight song is called all right so i think when you play this it has the intonation that i'm gonna choose nc state Mm, but i'm not i would say Caution, my friends. Caution, my friends, when playing NC State, when everybody is on them, because that feels like the case here. Every single person that I follow in the gambling world is all over NC State and the points here. And when you look on paper, I suppose it makes sense because you look at K-State, they're without their quarterback, Will Howard, they're without their offensive coordinator, and I think it's like 60% of their receiving yards. So most of their big pieces on their offense, gone for this one. And usually the writing's on the wall when that's the case. The motivation is not necessarily there for those type of teams. But when you look at NC State, it's going to be Brennan Armstrong leading the pack, which he is a veteran. He He's played like 17 years in college football. We know he has the experience, but also we kind of know what we're getting from him. He's had some good games. I will say he's looked better down the stretch for NC State, 
But at the start of the year, there were some stinkers. And I think he has a relatively low ceiling. Like, he's not going to light the place on fire. He is not the second coming of Russell Wilson at NC State. Uh, but I think the best player on the field for NC State is not playing in this one, and that's Peyton Wilson, who's probably going to be playing in the NFL. He's a linebacker. Uh, he might have been ACC Defensive Player of the Year, or at least one of the candidates for it. So that is a big hole on this NC State defense that's really been their call- calling card. NC State's best thing about them is their defense. So if they can stop K-State, like they will have a chance. But depending on Brennan Armstrong is not something I want to do. So, Jenks, you go ahead and you can choose NC State, but I will just root for my Wolfpack and not lose any money on them. Chelsea, I cannot believe that you heard the NC State fight song and you didn't pick your team. Double D, fire that up for me. Come on. Let's give NC State a boost here. Just like I always go off when I hear the Texas fight song, I want to go off when I hear the NC State fight song because we're talking about the mighty Wolfpack. Oh, yeah, it's been a long time since you've won a national title, but I'll tell you something. Lorenzo Never. Charles. 1983, Jimmy V running under the court. That's iconic. You'll always have it. It'll never go away. Let me tell you something about NC State. Located in Raleigh, the Research Triangle. Where would we be without research and famous alumni like Zach Galifianakis, Bill Cower, Philip Rivers? This is an NC State Wolfpack team ready to win. 5-0 against the spread in their last five games. And... That's my co-host. She needs a dub. We need a dub. We're getting it tonight. And when it's over, every single Wolfpack player, manager, trainer, and coach will get a delicious bite from the Pop-Tarts mascot, NC State Moneyline. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jenks. Zach Galifianakis is not going out there. Bill Cower is not coaching. And let me say... You picked against your own team. You're taking Washington in the points, sir. I know. I'm worried. I'm worried. <laughs> well, NC State got me fired up. Come on back to you on the show. It might be late in the NFL regular season, but there's still plenty of time to put some money on pro football futures. That is on hour two when we come back. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.